Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And as promised, we have a super secret, extra special guest, Mr. Ryan Pineda on today. How you doing, sir? What's up, man? Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. Hey, one of the things I knew I had to ask you about, because you are what I'll call a social media influencer, right? You have a growing, impressive and growing following that's growing leaps and bounds. I just have to ask, real estate crash? We're going to have a crash next year? Because everybody's creating crash videos and getting like 100,000 views. <laughs> and I just don't see it. I, I don't know what these people are talking about. So I thought I'd ask you, what do you think? Real estate crashed this year? You know, I think it's good clickbait. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> as we know, fear always uh, drives traffic. Uh, yeah. Positive stuff doesn't really drive traffic. Um, but no, there's there's not going to be a crash this year. Um, <laughs> there's just no chance. I'm buying up every piece of real estate I can get. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about here. Because again, when I talk with you, because you do this business, you're, you're growing your portfolio. One of the things that I saw that I actually told my audience I'm doing like 60 days goes, I ain't selling it. If, if I don't have to sell it, I ain't selling anything. It was next year, which is obviously now this year. Cause I need to, I need to hide some income, man. That uh, cost segregation, bonus depreciation, man. I, I don't want to cut the IRS a check. So uh, I'm going to be holding everything I can this year. Do you feel the similar way? Yeah. You know, when I first started, um, I made all my income from flipping and wholesaling. So I didn't really have the luxury of, holding some. And it was like, Hey, if I held them, then, you know, what am I going to do to pay bills? <laughs> Where's that right? chunk money? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I had to reinvest them into the next flip. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was always a cash flow game of like needing that money for the next deal and to support mm -hmm. my lifestyle and all that. Um, but eventually I started, you know, keeping rentals along the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thankfully for me, I started creating other businesses that, um, you know, supported my lifestyle and made me more than flipping. Right. And so now it's become, you know what, the other businesses can create the active income, the lifestyle that I want. And then let me use the real estate investing engine to now write off that lifestyle with keeping rentals and cost segregations and the things you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting where I've seen you go and grow. And again, I've been stalking you for a while, knowing this interview is coming up. You're not only doing houses, which is where you cut your teeth, but you also have a fun now, right? You're actually going to bigger apartments in, in syndication. So uh, talk about that uh, change, because that's, you know, a, an apartment building in a different location, not Vegas. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a lots of new stuff. Yeah. So, you know, going into 2021, one of my buddies, Tim Bratz, he has about 5000 units, he goes to me, I, I, I posted on Facebook or something. I was like, hey, my goal this year is to get 50 units. And he, <laughs> okay. goes, he goes, Ryan, 50 units, dude. <laughs> was that a typo? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you mean 500, right? I was like, how am I going to buy 500 units, man? Like, you know, at the time, I don't, I think I had like 30 units yeah. and I was like, dude, 50 is like more than doubling. Yeah. And, that's that's um, like one a week, dude. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And so he goes, no, dude, you need to start a fund. And he's like, with your social media following, you could easily do it. And I'm like, where do I start? Like, I've never done it. I don't know. And so he really helped me through the process for months. He put me with his lawyers. He put mm. me with um, his team. I asked questions, really thinking about the structure, um, 
And so after a few months, I finally launched uh, Panetta Capital. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's for accredited investors only. And um, our first deal, we actually ended up doing with Tim, a 334-unit apartment complex in Warner Robins, Georgia. Oh, nice. um, we had to raise almost $6 million for it. Uh, the purchase on it was about $20 million. And you know, we're, we're thinking that by the time this thing is stabilized, we should get a value of over $30 million, um, when it's all said and done. So you know, our goal for that building is in a couple of years, to refinance it, um, get all the investor capital out, mm -hmm. really just do a huge burr. And right. then you yeah. keep it with uh, the investors. We all own it together, no money in the deal. So right. that would be the ideal goal. Um, you know, we got to go execute on it now. But uh, yeah, that was our first one. Um, then we ended up locking up a 96 unit in Iowa recently. Oh, wow. And we already raised the money for that. Um, it was a $1.6 million raise. And what's funny is after we raised the money, uh, we had some investors reach out because they saw my video or something and they were like, Hey, we want to buy it. And oh, we they, were, want, they just want to take it over. They want to buy you out. Yeah. They're like, we want wholesale it to us. Like, uh, don't, don't buy it. And we could have made almost $600,000 as a wholesale fee on the building. And I'm like, no, you know, we already raised the money. The investors committed. We're going to buy it. And you know, like we're talking about, Back years ago, if somebody offered me a $600,000 assignment fee, dude, yeah. I'm like, guys, I love y'all, but uh, I need that 600 grand. Yeah. You're going to get three. I'm going to get three. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, let's chill. And now it's like, okay, we can actually not do that because uh, for me, it's a bigger plan. I would rather hold these long-term, get all the tax benefits. Mm -hmm. And two, if I, if I do add that income, I mean, it's getting taxed at such a high rate. Oh so it's yeah. Like, for now you? I'm yeah. looking. Yeah, now I'm looking at it both ways where it's like, if I keep it, I get a huge tax write-off. Yep. If I flip it, then yeah, I get a chunk of change, but I pay 40% on it. So like in the end, keeping it actually like might make the same in the grand scheme of it from just the tax perspective. Yeah, I mean, your year one tax savings. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be really close year one, but you know, over the course of five to seven years, you refi it out like a burr, you're going to, you're going to be in the deal pretty close to infinite return, which is, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Right. So, and is, is the long-term uh, focus for Pineda Capital to really hold them long or you, or do you have like five, seven year outs or what's, what's you know, the I mean, we're so new that, and, and no one knows five Fair. to seven years where things are going to be. Um, what we told our investors is like, look, um, our goal is to hold on to these. If we're able to burr out and nobody has money in the deal, like yeah. what's the point of selling? What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the only way we would sell is if we just got some stupid offer of like, yeah. man, these guys, I don't know what they're thinking, but okay, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll sell it. Yeah. And then maybe we'll 1031 into something else. Like, yeah, you know, even bigger. Yeah. That's the beauty of the 1031 exchanges. A lot of people uh, have been doing the syndications for a while, right? Or, or bigger apartment buildings. They just keep going bigger and bigger. And the beauty of a syndication or apartments is you don't, you're not really, if you're house flipping, it's best to do it where you are, Vegas for you, right? Right. I have right. my team, infrastructure, contractors, systems. Multifamily is, you know, it's a national game. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many apartments here in Vegas, right? <laughs> and like, you know, when you, when you buy big apartments like this 300 unit, um, you get economies of scale, you know, sure. you can go throw, um, you know, a property manager on site, handyman on site, and it's not really like that big of a deal that you're not there. Now, granted, you do need people, you know, who are there, boots on the ground, but, um, 
I mean, when you look at all the big funds, they don't just go locally. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to ask you about, I think it was in one of the videos I watched yesterday. You, you, you were talking about keeping basically cherry picking flips that you were going to sell. Normally you would sell. You're now going to keep. And you had a comment that I don't know anything about. And it sounds like Vegas might change their Airbnb rules this year. At least that's what I took away. Or at least I yeah. thought I took away. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Vegas has always been tough for cash flow. You know, it's very much like Cali and these other places where you run the numbers and you're like, I'm going to either lose money on this um, on a monthly basis or, um, you know, break even, like whatever. Yeah. And so for us, we've never like tried to buy rentals in Vegas because it was always like break even on rent or um, go flip it and make 30 grand. It's like, right. we'll flip it. Yeah. But now my perspective is changing because, you know, I've watched it the last couple of years and it was like those properties in Vegas that didn't cash flow three years ago, they're killing it. I mean, like yeah. a $300,000 house in Vegas three years ago, okay. um, it rented for like 1800 bucks. And, you know, back then, that's like, Hey, it's not going to really cash flow, mm -hmm. but today it's worth 500 grand. It rents for $3,000. And it's just like, man, it, the right play would have been to keep it in hindsight, right? Sure. As long as you could have weathered the three years of no cash flow. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm looking at it now and I'm trying to project into the future of like, okay, if I'm into rentals for the long haul, right. you know, what, what is going to happen? And it's like, I think they're going to keep printing money. I think rates are going to keep getting lower. And I think supply is not like, where's the supply coming from? I don't see it. And so if that's the case, it's like, okay, rents are bound to go up. Prices are bound to go up. And it just makes sense for me at this point in my life, like to start looking at that and saying, I'm going to keep these, even if maybe they don't necessarily cash flow because I can weather the storm. I've got my right. other businesses and, um, you know, I need the tax write-offs too by keeping them. So yeah. that's kind of like my perspective. And then also too, like you mentioned with the Airbnbs, um, Vegas is in the midst of, changing their laws and I think like June okay. and you know I think every city's going to go through this with Airbnb there's going to be the next few years people are trying to figure out how they want to do it mm -hmm. and for cities to me anyways it makes no sense not to allow it you're going to get more taxes um and people want to do it mm -hmm. and so you know at the end of the day I think they're fighting a battle that um they're going to lose anyway it's kind of mm -hmm. like Uber you know yeah. The taxis tried to fight forever. It's like, dude, you ain't gonna stop it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you'll delay it. Best case, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of what I think is happening with Airbnb, and it, it'll take a few years. But um, if in fact Vegas allows Airbnb um, at like scale, mm -hmm. then I definitely see myself um, buying way more here and uh, running that type of business. Yeah. So for folks that don't know Vegas, I mean, so let's assume Airbnb is a, a thumbs up. If the strip is kind of right here, are you going to be within, is your like buy box 10 or 15 minutes driving of the strip or where do you want to be? You know, what's interesting about Vegas is everything is close. You know, it's not like uh, Cali where it's like hours away to go right. from San Diego to LA or something like that. And okay. even in LA, you might spend an hour to go. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I've, I've been in traffic for two and a half hours going from LA to LA. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah. So Vegas is not like that. Okay. You could literally get anywhere in Vegas in like 30 minutes. Okay. Um, traffic's not bad. Everything, it, you know, we got like over 2 million people, I think, uh -huh. but it's very um, small with how like condensed it is. Okay. So I honestly don't think it really matters where okay. you're at. People just don't care. 
Um, and case in point, we have Henderson, which is um, east side, southeast um, part of Vegas. It's a different city, but they've allowed Airbnbs. Hmm. And um, those Airbnbs go gangbusters. They're not anywhere close to the strip. They're like 20 minutes, 25 minutes to the strip, but people love it. Okay. Yeah. And then when I was watching your video, you were walking through a house. And um, if you, if, if Monopoly board is kind of the, in the colors on the board are the categories of homes you were in a pretty nice home, at least in that one video, you were maybe not boardwalk and park place, but you were whatever the yellow ones up here or green, whatever they are. Is that uh-huh. kind of where you want to play like class a stuff? Yeah. So I'm thinking about this long-term, um, you know, I flipped anything and everything. I flipped oh, yeah. homes in the hood. I flipped homes, you know, in luxury. And as I've done both, I've realized, okay, these ones in the hood, I don't really want to keep them long-term. Um, they're great flips, but, you know, obviously the, the renter quality is worse, but also the houses are worse. Like yeah, they're, they're just, and- they're old and beat up. And like, I don't know. I just don't want them long-term. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. On the flip side, uh, I would rather hold on to these more luxurious ones um, better tenants. Uh, if you do Airbnb, you're going to get more. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that long-term they're going to appreciate better. And, mm-hmm. uh, I would rather just deal with that. Yeah. So is that's kind of my strategy. Is a pool yeah. a requirement? You're going to have a pool in all these, or you're like no pools. I don't care, dude. Honestly, okay. right. I'm, I'm just, well, and this is the other part of it too, is on the tax side, if, I need to buy so much real estate. It's way easier to buy one luxury one than, yeah. you know, three entry-level ones. For so sure. that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Okay. How about, have you ever looked at new construction? I don't really know how much new construction is going on. Have you ever looked at, cause there's a big, there's a lot of deep pockets now doing um, what build for rent or whatever. They're just buying them brand new. Yeah. So a couple of things with development I'm looking at, um, one is I've been developing my own house. So um, I bought I've a two acre pictures. piece of land. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying, I'm literally trying to build the best house in Las Vegas. Like that's not an exaggeration. No, um, I saw your wife and you and your wife do some, having her on the video is very helpful. I like that. That was nice. Yeah. So we're, you know, de- going through that development process. I've learned a lot um, okay. the last year and I'm like, okay, this isn't, once again, a limiting belief. I'm like, this is not what I thought it was. It's not as hard as people think. It's not mm. as unattainable. It's not like this, you know, old boys club that only they can develop. Right. So um, one of my students actually is a developer in Bel Air, right? Mm-hmm. High-end yeah. developments. And uh, my architect quit on my development. And so he I took it over. That. Oh, wow. And he's, uh, he actually did the renderings last week for the first time. I haven't revealed him yet. Okay. Uh, I'll show you off air, but okay. uh, they're freaking crazy. Wow. And it's unlike anything anyone's ever seen in Las Vegas. So I'm really excited about that. But um, him and I have talked a lot about doing luxury development. Like, why can't we develop yeah. uh, cul-de-sacs with, say, three, $4 million homes? Right. And the reason being, that's kind of like the niche that nobody is filling here in Las Vegas. Well, I don't think that's filled anywhere. I mean, that would be too small for the big guys, meaning unit wise and having, having to deploy capital in three, $4 million. That's bigger than most. Most people are comfortable doing one of those, right? You've been in the game a while. I'll do, you know, I'll do one a year. That's their thing. There's very few people that can, you know, carry it like you could. Let's just do a whole cul-de-sac. We'll do a two and a half acre here or a three acre there. And, you know, I don't know, whatever the other one is. Yeah. 
I wish we had that much land in Vegas, but we don't. <laughs> but so like it, you know, we would do like a, we'd buy a two acre parcel. We would go throw four homes on it, half right. acre each. And um, you know, we try to build four, $4 million homes in it. Like just this ultra luxurious yes. community. Um, and the margins look good if we do it right. And so we've explored that. Nice. Um, so we're looking at that and, you know, you, you mentioned build for rent, that, yeah, that would yeah. be like more on the flip side. You know, we're not, I mean, maybe we'd keep them. I don't know, but yeah, well, um, you, well, knowing you, you'd flip three and keep one. Cause that would be tight, you yeah. know, keep all the profits and, yeah. uh, you know, keep one, but you know, I seen the build for rent. It's funny. I was at, um, man, what's that convention called? It's not IMN. There's, there's a, I, I can't remember what it's That's called, fine. but every year they do it. And I remember going to it in 2018 and they were just starting to talk about build for rent. Like it was becoming really big and I'm like, build for rent. Why would people do this? Yeah. And then sure enough, you look three, four years later, I'm like, that's smart. Yeah. Well, Uh, I think it was Pulte Homes. I think they were talking about it in 18. They did it in 19. They made 50% better margins and sold it one time versus dealing with individual owners. Why wouldn't you do that? Sell it faster, no headaches, 50% better margins. And I, and the hedge funds essentially who are buying them get, you know, an apartment, but it's yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it makes, I mean, we'll see what happens in 2021, but the highest adjusted risk return for the hedge funds was single family homes, six, six and a half percent. That was the yeah. stats from 2021. So we'll see what happens in 2022. So closing this out, how do you how do you do all this stuff? Do you, did you have like, does Vegas have this little time warp where Ryan gets 30 hours in a day and everybody <laughs> else gets 24? Cause you're doing a, a, so many things. Yeah. You know, I actually have been asked this so many times that, uh, I created the wealthy way, which, uh, we'll talk about later, but, uh, yeah, if you go to wealthyway.com, I created a free course, which essentially talks about time management and prioritizing and delegating and, you know, for even a normal person, you know, because normal people need to do these things too. It's not like, Oh, oh yeah, I, got, I got businesses. And so, you know, yeah, it makes sense for me, but I'm just a normal employee. So, you know, I don't have to, the luxury, it's like, no, dude, all these time management principles we talk about apply to anybody. And if you're trying to get out of the rat race or quit your job or start a career in real estate, you better be good at time management um, in order to do it. Amen. No, I, 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 I want to second that one of the biggest things um, you know, for me building a portfolio that retired financial for free. So I busted my ass from, you know, I don't know, eight to seven, five days a week, built a portfolio from eight to 10 at night. You have to do good time management. I call it your buy box 20 minutes a day. You just got to keep going. It's, it's really hard the first three or four years. Then you build momentum, you get escape velocity and you reap returns. I just wish people realized everybody, I believe everybody, you can disagree with this as you want. I believe everybody can be financially free in 10 years if they're willing to commit to 10 years of work. What do you think about yeah. that statement? I think you could lower it. I think you okay. could say five years. I mean, like, nice. honestly, I've said this before. I'm like, you could become a millionaire in five years. Like, oh. I truly believe anybody can do it. Um, and there's multiple ways to go about it. And I just gave someone an example. I'm like, you know, the last uh, four years, I've been buying uh, Airbnbs in Big Bear, California. Yep. And, you know, it's not like I'm going crazy out there. I'm buying one or two a year. I've just been slowly buying these properties. And um, just by those, those properties last four years, it's increased my net worth by 2 million bucks. It's like, I became a multimillionaire on, in four years from just that one little thing yeah. that simple yeah. and anyone could have did it. 
You know, I didn't, I ain't out in Big Bear looking for all these deals all the time. Like I, it was very- You're not cash- door knocking and driving for dollars. And- no, yeah. it's not a priority for me. And that's not even counting the cash flow. Right. We've, we've made over a million dollars in Airbnb rents in the last uh, couple of years. Wow. So- It's amazing. Yeah. So again, we're going to get into this, the wealthy way, the wealthy way.com. Go check it out. But we're going to do that in episode number three, Ryan. How do you want people to find you? Is it ryanpineda.com? ryanpineda.com. Easiest way to find out about everything we got going on. Very cool, man. Thanks again. Yep.